God. And I, I want to encourage you this morning in the things of God because, listen, we, we have something to thank God for. And uh, we got something to praise God for. He is Lord. Everybody say He's Lord. We, you know, we, we, you know, sometimes something happens in our life that shocks us. How many's ever had something that just shocks you? I mean, you say, where did that come from? <laughs> but you know, as Pat was ministering this morning in the Sunday school, you know, God knows what lies ahead. I believe God knows every, every step we're going to take. He sees every obstacle the devil has even tried to put there. He knows all of that in advance. So what we, you know, we don't need to worry about it because God already anticipated problems that's coming your way. Now we're not going to talk about and get up and shout and run the aisles because of problems. Amen. But we're going to, we, we can remember that the devil, Satan, is just merely an ex-employee of heaven. <laughs> A disgruntled employee, ex-employee, of heaven. Because when he rebelled, God said, enough's enough. And he cast him out. Jesus even said it himself, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. And so the Lord was there in the very beginning. And then he had to come in the form of flesh and dwell amongst us as flesh, the son of the living God. And he did that, thank God, and we're free. But remember, God knows the devil quite well. <laughs> Listen, God's not going to leave you in a lurch. God's not going to leave you in a position this morning that you, you feel like that you're all by yourself because He's promised never to leave us. Never to leave us alone, as that old song goes. Amen? He promised never to leave us. So what we, what we just do today is just we get alone in the presence of God. That's what we're going to do, and that's why we're here. We're in the presence of the Lord. We come together. When you come together as a body of believers... We should come together in the presence of God. He's in our midst. God dwells amongst us. And uh, what happens when you get in the presence of God, fear has to die. I said fear has to die. There's no room for fear in the presence of God. I mean, knows when you, I, I remember my, my daughter, she, she woke up crying one night and we run in there, but she was afraid because I don't know what happened, something startled, maybe a dream, a nightmare, we don't know. But uh, uh, she was startled, but when we got there and we grabbed her, everything was okay. Why? Because we're in the presence of God. Fear dies, courage will flourish in those situations that you didn't even know you had the courage to stand up and take authority over the devil like you do. Amen? Because God's on your side. But we need to, listen, adversity it's just a page. It's not our whole book. The thing that you go through is really only temporary. When you look at the whole scope of life. Because it's just a page, not our whole book. God has the, God has the ending of our book. And I, I got news for you. If you read ahead in the Bible, you'll see it's good. Because we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. But adversity is simply the devil's attempt to abort the next season of blessing that God has in your life. When the devil comes against us, he's, he's trying to do one thing.
to abort everything good that God has for you. He wants to say that God's not a good God. He can't do it. But we need to understand the eyes of our God, our Father, is continually upon us. God's eyes are upon us. He sees every step we're taking. He sees everything that's happening in our life. And the eyes of our, and so what we need to do is expect a miraculous rescue. I don't know about you, but when there's a trial and adversity in my life, I'm just looking around the corner for that miracle. <laughs> because that's the next step. You know, when, when something's going bad, something's going wrong, you can just look around because you know what's going to happen. God is going to rescue us. So I'm expecting it. The Bible said in Psalm 145, 4, He upholds all that fall and raises up all those that are bowed down. God upholds all that fall and He raises up all those that are bowed down. And I like what Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know. I'd have to look at the chronological order of Isaiah, but Jeremiah and Isaiah was about the same uh, timing as far as prophets uh, in different regions of the uh, area there. And remember, Jeremiah prophesied that the children of Israel were going into Babylonian captivity. And uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was part of that group. Daniel was part of that group that went into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And how many knows what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They refused to bow down. They refused to compromise. They refused to, to compromise their faith and belief in God. And because of that, they were cast into the fire, into a fiery furnace. He did seven times hotter, the Bible says. But they, the hair on their head wasn't even singed. Their fetters were burned off. You know, one good thing in your trial, just look, just start looking for all those bondages that had you bound. Just be burned off. Hallelujah. Because you know what? You're in, you're in the presence of God even though you're in a fire. Because God's with you. Because isn't that what the king said? Didn't we put three men in the fire? They said, oh yeah, bound, hand and foot. He said, well, I see three of them. Uh, loosed and walking around, but there's a fourth one down there too, and he's likened unto the Son of Man, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus is with us. He's with us through everything that we do. So what we got to do is just understand that we serve a very capable God. Everybody say, I have a capable God. God can do anything. I said, God can do anything. We'll do anything. Because He is God. He can turn the hearts of kings. He can turn the hearts of those that are against you. He can turn those that are in adverse, that are in adverse situations with you. God can turn their, the hearts. And we're on the mind of God. Every moment, we're in the mind of God. Your pain, your tears, your problems, your sicknesses, whenever we're going through, we're in the mind of God. Because God's not going to leave us there. 
Just like he did leave the children of Israel, of the three Hebrew children in that fiery furnace. Daniel went into the lion's den, came out unscathed because God sent an angel that shut the lion's mouth that night. Listen, I don't care where we are. We're in a, we're in a nation today that's trying to turn towards socialism and communism and all of these things that's out there that really what they want is one world government. And guess what? It's going to happen one day. It's going to happen. Did you know this thing didn't just start yesterday? It started way back during World War I when they tried to form the League of Nations and they were going to make just one big unified uh, government around the world. And then the United Nations was developed out of that. And we, we've seen what happens there. They can't do a good job either because I still believe God still is sovereign. God is sovereign. And, uh, you know, thank God for America. Thank God for those that's in charge. Thank God for leaders that... We pray for every day. I believe that God raises up and God sits down. <laughs> and uh, I believe God has raised up our leaders that we have today that's leading us. But you know what? Just as easily as He let, set them up, He can also pull down because He can pull down that wall because of people's rebellion and etc. But God's still got His eyes on His kids. Hallelujah. In the midst of it all, we're still on God's mind tonight. Amen. So God's about to move. First Timothy 6.12. I said all that to say this. Paul writing to Timothy. Now Paul, I believe, was an expert in this area. He understood what adversity was. He understood what problems were. He understood what it was to have people get mad at him for the truth he preached. And he, he knew what it was to see the enemy rise up to try to squelch the move of God that was happening during that day. But Paul writes young Timothy in verse uh, six or chapter six, verse twelve of First Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. One translation says, Fight the good fight for the faith. Take hold of eternal life. Take hold of it. Listen. I want to tell us this morning, we need to take hold of the promises of God. Take hold of healing. How many knows we've got to take hold of these things? We, we, we Grab it. I'm taking hold of it. That doesn't condemn anybody because you're attacked by the enemy on sickness or nothing. Listen, we've all been attacked. I've been attacked. But, you know, we've all been attacked with that. But what we've got to do is learn to take hold of of what God has already provided for us. How many knows that salvation's already been provided? So if you, if you, if when we were in sin, what did we do? We reached out and grabbed hold of that eternal life. We grabbed hold of that thing. We grabbed hold of that promise. Sickness, we can grab hold of healing. If you're in poverty or a situation financially, you can grab hold of the, the blessings and the prosperity that God has for you as a believer. We can grab hold of it, latch hold of that. And he said, take hold of eternal life that you were called to and made a good confession about it in the presence of many witnesses. <laughs> Doesn't that make you mad when you make a bold confession and then the devil attacks you right in that area? <laughs> it makes me mad because you know what it is? It's only the devil trying to disprove the Word of God. That's all it is. He's only trying to disprove the Word of God. God's Word is truth. And we latch hold, we grab hold of that. We take hold of that eternal life. We take hold of that promise of God. 
And when we take hold of that promise of God, the devil's going to try to come in, and guess what? He's going to try to make you lose hold. I heard one preacher say one time, he said, if I never got blessed again, I'm still going to believe in the blessings. If I never received a healing, I'm still going to believe that Jesus is the healer. Amen? We, we have to come to that place where the truth is the truth. The Word is the Word. God's Word is truth. Everything the devil does is a lie. It's against. It's anti-God. It's anti-faith. It's anti-Word. Anything the devil does is anti-God. Amen? So he said, take hold of it that you made this confession about in the presence of many witnesses. Take hold of that eternal life. See, faith in God is not passive, but rather it has an aggressive edge to it. Anybody you see in the Word of God, when you read from Genesis to Revelation, and you see people of God, men and women of God, children of God, that they had to press through. They had to press forward. They had to be aggressive about it. You know, what if somebody come up to you and and just took your car one day, and uh, you was getting ready to get into it at the parking lot where you were, and someone said, "Oh, I want this," and I'm sure you're just going to step back. So, okay, that's all right. Go ahead. No, I think everybody in here would be a little more aggressive than that. First of all. I'd grab his hand, <laughs> and I'd say, take your hand off my property. <laughs> I, I, listen, we've we got to get aggressive against the enemy. We've got to get aggressive against the devil. The, the devil, he'll, he'll come and he'll, he'll hoodwink us every time. He'll make us think, God's doing this to you. God's teaching you a lesson. God wants you to know that, you know, you, you don't deserve his best in your life. No, sir. No, we we got to get aggressive in our faith and say, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. God's Word declares it. This is what we've got against the devil. We've got the truth. And that's exactly what Jesus taught us to do when he was tempted by the devil on the Mount of Temptation, when the devil said, it's all yours if you'll just bow down and worship me. And every time he said something, he said, you're hungry? Make that stone turn to bread. You know, I mean, he used all these things against the Lord himself. And Jesus just turned around and said, devil... It is written. What we've got to do is get aggressive in our faith with God. Be aggressive. Say, devil, it's written. Somebody trying to get my car? I'd say, wait just a minute. Let me just reach in here and let me get in my glove compartment. Oh, oh yeah, here's my title right here. (laughs) It's got my name on it. Paid for. You know, it's my car. I'm not going to let anybody just come steal my car. Hallelujah. And if you do, we're going to pray up, we'll have you up here and we'll pray for you that God will give you a great mind. Because <laughs> I think anybody's out of their mind, it just lets anybody just run over them. Amen? We're not going to let that happen. But it's fighting faith. It's fighting faith that keeps us from falling. It's fighting faith that keeps us whole. It's fighting faith that keeps the blessings flowing. It's fighting faith that keeps us from falling. It's fighting faith that keeps us from backsliding. 
we got to fight the good fight of faith. So Paul wrote this. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 7th verse. See, faith is important. Someone said one time, Brother Clarence, you going to preach another message on faith? Probably. Because that's what the whole gospel is about, faith. Faith in what he did. Faith in the accomplished work of Calvary. Faith in what Jesus in his words say to us. We've got to have faith in that. So you can't really preach anything without faith. Without faith, the Bible said, it is impossible to please God. Because you must believe that God is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So faith is important. I want to encourage your faith this morning. Is that all right? Amen. I'm not hitting you on the head. I'm just, I'm just saying we got a right to stand up and say, devil, enough's enough. Amen? We've got to come to that point in our life. Devil, enough's enough. I'm not going to take no more hogwash from you. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to take the Word of God. The Word says what, I, what we can. So, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, We walk by faith, not by sight. Now, that's not going around denying problems. How many understand what I'm saying? It, it's, uh, I've given this illustration before, but a lady came up to me one time. She sliced her hand, almost sliced her finger off. She said, Brother Clarence, you want to see where I didn't cut my finger? I said, do what? She said, you want to see where I didn't cut my I said, it looks like you almost cut it off. You need stitches. You ought to go to the emergency room right now. Let them save that finger. Oh, see, see a lot, I mean, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. But the thing is, we, we, just because adverse circumstances appear, doesn't mean you give up. Just because something is not what we want it to be or what we think it should be at that moment, we don't give up. We walk by faith, not by sight. We've got to understand that the warfare and with whom you're warring against. You've got, to, you've got to understand what warfare you're in, and you've got to understand who the war is against. It's not against God. It's not against your neighbor. It's not even against Republicans and Democrats. We're fighting the adverse one, the, adver, adver, the, the, the one that's the king of adversity, Satan himself. That's who we've got to come against. That's who we've got to stand up against, and we've got to understand who it's with, and learn to maintain our faith and strengthen our faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. You know, you know the children of Israel had to learn this, didn't they? Remember when they were led out of Egypt? And uh, God, through all these signs and wonders that he did and the plagues and all the things that happened to Egypt and how the blood was put on the, uh, the doorpost of the Israelites' homes, because when the death angel passed over and took the firstborn of every person, if they didn't have the blood uh, on the doorpost of their home, the firstborn would be destroyed that night. And the firstborn in Egypt was destroyed in every household of Egypt that were Egyptians, and they were destroyed because they didn't have the blood applied. But God's people had the blood applied. See, that blood's important. That's part of our covenant relationship. 
And that's why, that's why I emphasize covenant so much, because God is a covenant God. And if we're going to let this covenant operate and the covenant blessings come into our life, we're going to have to get into the faith realm and operate in faith. They had to do that by faith. They had to put the blood on the doorpost by faith, believing what God said, but they didn't have no proof. The only thing they had was, God said it, and we believe it, and that settles it. And they did it, and God spared them. And, of course, that was the last straw for Pharaoh. He let all of them go free, and that's when they started on their journey of miracles. (laughs) Came against the Red Sea, first miracle. Praise God. God just parted that sea and just let them all go across on the other side. The Egyptian army was drowned in it. A lot of historians say, well, you know, at that time of the year, the Red Sea was only about three feet deep. Well, that's that's a pretty big miracle for the whole Egyptian army and all their horses and everything to be drowned in three feet of water. Amen? So regardless of what whatever it was, it was still a miracle. <laughs> but I don't believe it was three feet of water. I believe God caused the east wind to blow all that night and caused the wall to gel up and so that they could go through and on dry ground, and when the Egyptian army tried to come by, that water, that wall of water just caved in on them and drowned them all and destroyed them all. And Jesus, I mean, God spoke through Moses and said, the enemy you see today, you'll see no more. Hallelujah. Now, they didn't see that particular enemy no more. They had more enemies that they had to face as they went on their journey. But that enemy they didn't see no more because God said it. So we need to maintain our street. Ephesians 6.10, Paul's writing here. He said, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Uh, one translation said, last of all, I want to remind you that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Be strong in the Lord, is what Paul said in our regular version, and in the power of his might. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with translations. It just kind of gets it in everyday language. But it said, I want to remind you that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. God's power is in us. God is in us. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, we, we've got it in us. We've got the power of God in us. We've got Jesus in us. We've got His Spirit in us. We've got the Holy Ghost, that Holy Ghost power. It's in us. The ability of God's in us. One translator said, finally, draw upon the Lord's power and let him supply you with his mighty power. Draw from the power of God and let him supply you with all his mighty power. So the strength of the believer is important. We've we, we got to have faith. Amen. Number three, we've got to draw strength from God. Our strength comes from the Lord. For this reason, Paul said in Ephesians 3, verses 14, 16, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. That's a powerful scripture. Paul says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his, according to the riches of his glory. And to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in our inner man. Have you ever seen 
I saw this one time. I was I was driving down the road and there was an accident on the on the interstate. And the cars were lined up, of course. And as I got closer to where the it was a uh, uh, you know where the accident was, I saw these big semi trucks, you know, these big eighteen wheelers coming down, and 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 I looked around and and I saw this little skinny policeman out there. I mean, he didn't look as big as anything, and he, he just put up his hand, and those big old eighteen wheelers just come to a halt. Now. Can you imagine in, in, in our thinking that 18-wheeler is a lot more powerful than that little scrawny policeman? And he stood there and just put his hand up, and those 18-wheelers came to a halt. Why? Because on his shirt was a badge. And it stated that he had the authority to put his hand up and to direct traffic or do whatever was necessary for the safety of people. And he had the authority to do it because of that badge that was backed by the local police department, by the local state department, state highway, and also even by the federal government if necessary. It's backed by that, that badge of authority that gives him the right to put up his hand and we've got to obey. Sometimes we don't feel like we're is anointed as somebody else. Or we don't know as much as somebody else. Or I can't quote the scriptures like so and so does. Or I, I can't preach like so and so. Or I can't, boy, I tell you what, and that person prays, you feel the power of God praying, praying through them. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, we've got the same privilege. If you don't pray as boisterous as somebody, or as loud as somebody, that doesn't mean your prayers aren't heard. The anointing is not determined by how loud I pray. The anointing is determined by what I believe. Hallelujah. I'm a pretty loud preacher. My little niece one time when she was about four years old, she was sitting there listening to me preach. She told her mama, she said, Mama, why is Uncle Clarence yelling at all of us? Well, I wasn't yelling, I was just getting excited. <laughs> but you know, the thing is this. When we know who we are in Christ, it doesn't matter. I don't have to shout to get the miracle. All I gotta do is believe in here. And what I pray from here, from here, and it comes out of my mouth, it can be loud, soft, not as boisterous as others, but the same power flows. My daddy had a preacher come preach for him one time. He had preached in his church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It was one of those cold, formal churches, you know. And uh, my daddy didn't know no better, but just preached what he always preached. And my dad was one of those kickers, and he was a screamer, and, you know, he he preached. And, I mean, miracles happened and things happened. And, and, and those people, they'd come to the service I mean, it was a beautiful building back in that time, back in 1960, somewhere along there, 61. It, it was a, I mean, it was a beautiful auditorium packed. They run about 300, 350. That was a big crowd back then. Now, of course, mega churches have thousands, but, uh, you know, but I still take, uh, our, our, our little group anytime and let the power of God move right here. Amen. 
Sometimes you get thousands and still not have no power. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the, the thing is, he, 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 my dad went in there and preached, and I mean, God moved for four weeks in a revival. And then my dad invited this guy to come preach for him in his church in Waco. And he came, and, and I thought, boy, this is going to be exciting. My dad had a great revival there. I remember daddy talking about it, you know. And I said, whoa, boy, this is going to be good. This is going to be. He got up there, and he didn't even break a sweat. And the Bible says over here, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's the way he's talking. You know? Do the will of God and strengthen our brother. I mean, I'm saying, when's he going to preach? See, I was used to that screaming and hollering. You know. And I, I, I still love that kind of preaching. <laughs> I still love exciting preaching. Amen? But what I, I'm making a point here is the fact that it doesn't matter... It's what we believe. Then he prayed for people. I said, dear Lord, this, this was the deadest sermon I ever heard. And people responded to this invitation. Why? Because it wasn't his delivery. It was the word that was preached in him believing what he preached and the anointing of God upon those words that drew the people. And they came up. And the power of God, he just, he just talked softly to them. He said, okay. He just put his little hand on them. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Power of God just knock them flat on the floor. And I'm sitting there with my mouth open. I said, my goodness, what's going on? I thought you had to get up there and scream. Hey, come out, come out, come out. You know, be healed, be healed. You know, no. He just said, be healed in Jesus' name. And God healed. I mean, I'm talking about visible results. I learned something that day. I learned <laughs> this the Spirit in the inner man. See, it's the Holy Spirit in the inner man. It's the truth, that revelation truth on the inside of us when we can speak it out of our mouth. It doesn't matter if you're screaming. Softly or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the power in your faith believing what's coming out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, listen, I believe in shouting, and I can't wait till one day when the power of God hits all of you, and you just jump up and Brother Courier lead the way and just lead the Jericho march around this place. <laughs> Amen. But, listen... God's power is real. I can't do anything to increase the power. I can't do anything to make that power greater. The only thing that we can do is believe what God says. And let faith, fight that good fight of faith. Amen? But we draw our strength from God. Now, the Holy Ghost is the instrument of our faith, or the instrument of strength to our faith. It's the Holy Spirit. Look what the Lord said in John fourteen, sixteen and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'm going to send another helper. 
That word there is the Greek word parakletos, literally someone who's called to one side. And uh, the verb parakleo means to invite or to summon, and it's used of calling uh, in an ally, a counselor, a witness in one's favor, a counselor in one's defense. In other words, we've got, we've, got, we've got allies all around this world. Our nation does. We've got allies. And the reason we have those allies, if something happens, we can call upon those allies, and those allies would come to our aid and help us. And the strength of their army will increase the strength of our army, or whatever we need it to be at that particular time. Or now it's the technology and the technology and the technological weapons that we have. But So Paracletus, therefore, means one who's called to be a helper, to be a helper. God said, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost who's going to strengthen you. He's going to be your strength. He'll be your guide. He'll be your teacher. He'll lead you into all the truth. He'll, he'll show you exactly what the Lord says. First John 3, uh, verse, First uh, John 2 and 1, the uh, Gospel of John there, My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is our advocate. We have an advocate. We have a, an ally. We have someone that's going to stand with us. When, we, when we're overcome with temptation or overcome in our weakness of our own flesh and our own body, our own mind, our own spirit, we have a comforter. We have, uh, we have an aid. We have an ally. The Holy Ghost is there to strengthen us. And that word advocate means that to help, to uh, encourage, and to comfort. Now, that's what the Holy Ghost is here to do. He's here to comfort us. And it brings strength. It's never just a sentimental word. It brings strength. Have you ever been around somebody that when you're in a situation or a problem, and they just, they just come and they just speak a couple of words to you, and you, you just sense the strength and, and the concern and the help from that person. Just their presence, being there, encourages you that you're not by yourself. And this is what Jesus is saying, uh, you have an advocate, and, and it, it's, it's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, listen, He'll strengthen you. I remember one time I was, uh, we, we had several radio stations, well, we had a lot of radio stations around the nation we were on, and, and uh, God was blessing it, and, and um, it was a time and a season for those things, and you know, when God said, stop it, I stopped it, you know. Uh, I could have kept on, I, I did try to keep on, uh, on a few of them, because I wanted to, I said, whoa, I can't give up on this, you know, I started getting in debt, how many's ever got in debt? And... So I was on my way to Navasota, Texas, to preach one night, and and boy, it was a time of the month where I needed to send money off. Y'all, y'all, y'all ever been in a, in a tight spot? <laughs> you, you know, this is a day you got your bills due, and you got to send those things off. I mean, you got to do it, or or you're going to be a bad testimony. And I didn't want to be a bad testimony, and I I got to, I got to thinking about that, thinking about that, thinking about that. And then I just pulled off to the side of the road. I just started bawling and squalling. And I, I mean, I was on my way to preach. And I decided I just wasn't going to go preach. I wasn't going to show up. That's how discouraged I was. I, I just wasn't going to show up. And I was sitting there on the side of the road. Have you ever had, have you ever seen somebody when they're get, uh, uh, hysterical, you know, and somebody has to come up and slap them on the head? And it kind of straightens them up. Y'all ever had that? Nobody's ever had that happen to you, huh? 
Y'all perfect. <laughs> but that night, I was sitting on the side of the road, and it was time for me to get to church almost. And, and I stopped there, and I wasn't going to go. And I literally felt some presence get in my car in the front seat with me and slap me upside the face and said, Shut up! Boy, now you talk about getting your attention because nobody was there. But I knew somebody was there. And that somebody was the Lord Himself. Shut up! Now, you know what most of us would do if the preacher said, shut up. Well, we'd go find us another preacher wouldn't go and holler at us like that. But I knew it was the Lord, so I shut up. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, didn't I tell you what to do? And you did it, and I have supplied. I'll supply this need also. I still wasn't listening too good. Then all of a sudden, I begin to just weep. And I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I hope that's God calling. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just begin to pray. Listen, have you ever just prayed in the Holy Ghost? How many knows when you pray in the Holy Ghost? Most of the time we pray in tongues, right? We pray in a language. And and that's biblical. That's praying in the Holy Spirit. But that night, I didn't need to hear Spanish or Korean or Chinese or Nigerian or nothing like that. I need to hear something I could understand. Listen, how many believe God can speak English too? And all of a sudden, out of my innermost being, scriptures begin to roll out of me one after the other on God's faithfulness. God's goodness, God's promises of blessing, God's promises to supply our need. All these scriptures were just flowing. I was quoting the scripture word for word, and it was just flowing. It was the Holy Ghost. Listen, the Holy Ghost can speak in American as well as He can any other language. And I've spoken in languages to people I didn't even know I was speaking to them in that language. But they verified that I was talking to them in their native language. And they, they were hearing and understanding everything I said. That, that's the Holy Ghost. But I needed to hear it in English. I needed to hear something I could understand. And God let these scriptures roll out of me. And before long, I didn't even realize it. I ended up in front of that church where I was supposed to preach, walked in there. And my goodness, did we have a service that night. God moved. And did you know, God just supernaturally in that group of people, supernaturally in the offering for my ministry that night, it was more, I mean it was several thousand dollars, more than what I needed. Because God is our source. And if we'll let the Holy Ghost encourage us in our faith, we're going to see some big things happen now, I'm not just talking about financial things. I'm talking about anything. God's going to do some miracles in our bodies. God's not done with us yet. Hey, we're not expired till we take that last breath. So God's not done yet. So that means that God is still available and able with His power and ability to do the miraculous whatever we need Him to do in our life. Can you say amen? Jude 20, 
This is what we do about maintaining this strength. He said, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. I still believe in praying in tongues. I still believe in the Holy Ghost. I still believe we need the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need Him in our lives. We need to allow Him to talk through us. We need to have Him pray through us. Because He prays according to the will of God. When you don't know what kind of prayer to offer or how to pray, let the Holy Ghost pray through you. He'll intercede on your behalf and He prays according to the will of God. Amen? God's will will be done. But he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Romans eight twenty six twenty eight. Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then we know that all things that work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Why? Because we're praying in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Spirit is main, he's strengthening our inner man as we pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. Listen, I want to encourage you today. If you haven't taken time to pray in the Holy Ghost every day, you need to start doing it. You don't have to pray so people hear you. Get in the, get in your prayer closet. Get, get somewhere where you can just pray and let the Holy Spirit pray through you according to the will of God. Pat walks around praying in tongues. I know she's not talking to me. Goes on and understand the words she's saying. <laughs> Which we shouldn't. Amen. She's talking to the Lord and vice versa. I pray in the Spirit. I come over to early this morning. I'm just walking around, just praying in the Holy Ghost. I just pray in the Holy Ghost. I say, God, you know what the needs are. You know what they need. You know how to minister to them. And you know how to use us and, and to do what's needed. And we, we're just going to let the Holy Ghost have His way. Amen? But we're going to let the Holy Spirit pray through us. And then we're going to be like Isaiah 40 says. He gives strength to the weary. To him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow weary and tired, and, and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait upon the Lord, that word wait means you expect, you look for, you hope in Him. You wait upon the Lord. You'll get new strength and renew your power, for they'll lift up their wings and, and they'll soar like eagles. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit in us. And we're victorious in Jesus' name. So thank God for the power of God. Wait upon the Lord. That word wait, literally, you know, waiting, some people think it's just sitting out here on the side of a curb and waiting on somebody to come pick you up. No, that's not what the word wait there means. The word wait there means literally to, um, primary word, where it's to bind together, to make as one. And, and so what you're doing, you're, you're serving the Lord. You're, you're praising God. You're talking to the Lord. You're glorifying the Lord in the midst of that turmoil, in the midst of that tumultuous time. And you're praising God. And as you're doing that, you're strengthening your inner man. And you're going to be like the eagle that soars far above all the clouds, far above all the problems, far above all the storm, because God's in you and His strength is in you. Paul said, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's what the writer said. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong. How are we strong? Through the Holy Spirit. Our faith. 
See, I, I believe God, the Holy Ghost is going to strengthen me, and I'm going to, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be invigorated by the power of the Holy Spirit in me, and I'm going to, that's going to enable my faith to even rise more to see the supernatural take place. God wants the supernatural in our lives this morning. Hallelujah. Do you love Him this morning? Lift your hands and just thank God for just a minute. Amen. Just thank the Lord that we have what God says we have. We can do what God says we can do. <laughs> we possess what God says we possess because it's ours. It's ours. It's ours. I want us to sing that little chorus before we leave this morning. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Lift your hands and sing to the Lord. Those that wait. Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Sister Claudine, could you come and, and just do that on the organ for me for just a moment? Amen. I want us just to just worship Him for just a second. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run as wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint teach me Lord teach me Lord to wait hallelujah she plays that for us this morning they that wait F Upon the Lord. You know what? God knows where we're at. God knows where we're at. I tell you what, 